What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast, the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, as always, I am your host, Nick Farabaugh, right for Pittsburgh Source Now, Call Games at WPTS Radio, and I'm AMA Production Assistant at ACC Network. And we have plenty to talk about today, including Pat Narduzzi's extension. It is finally here. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the length why it made sense aside from the obvious, and why this deal is so good in terms of the Pantheon of Pitt football history and what it could have significance-wise. We'll also talk a little bit about Pitt basketball here. Things are moving over that way. So we will talk about all that, and it's coming up today on Locked on Pitt. Are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Back to the Locked On Pit Podcast, everybody. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. And folks, as always, if you are watching this, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell, do all that great stuff. If you are watching, if you are listening to this, rather make sure to leave a review, give feedback, and not make the show as good as possible without hearing from the people who listen to it. Now, folks, obviously the big topic of the day is the Pat Narduzzi extension. It is official Pit has locked up Pat Narduzzi through the 2030 season. We don't really have financial details of the entire thing yet. If there's a certain raise to it, if they actually gave him more money, you would assume that they gave him a little bit more money. But we don't have all of those specifics just yet. But we do know he is here through 2030. It has been officially aligned. It's four more years added on to the contract. And so this is big. Pat Narduzzi is here until through the 2030 season. And as such, Pitt now has their program leader for the rest of most of the decade, if you will, you would think so. And so let's talk about a few things about this first. First of all, of course it was happening. We expected this. They talked all the way back, you know, before the Peach Bowl, even that this was going to happen. This was obviously coming. The Pat Narduzzi extension was going to happen 100%. Didn't matter how. It was a matter of time. Even if things necessarily didn't go quickly and it was drawn out, it would end up happening. And that's essentially what happened. You know, things might have gotten a little weary kind of with the basketball situation and a few other things working around, and that could have made things a little bit harder to necessarily get done. But also Narduzzi getting extended was always something that had to happen. The football team is playing at a high level. The football program is going up. They're having stability at a high level. And so that was 100% something that this team needed to do. And so Heather Light got it done. It was obvious. If there's one thing, by the way, I, I just want to say this. This is just kind of an offset note. If there's one thing that Heather Light's done really well at doing, you know, it's with some coaches, whether it's Narduzzi, uh, Dan Fisher, 
Jay Vitovich, Randy Waldrum, like the good coaches that this team has, that Pitt has as a university. She's done a really nice job of retaining those. The retention of the coaches that are good has really been good. And so Dan Fisher, you know, Pitt's not a historically great bat, uh, volleyball program, and yet he was offered by Penn State, and he still came back. So there were a lot of good things there. And now getting Pat Narduzzi locked up, you know, if he was going to get poached by any team or any team was going to come sniffing around there, that made sense. And Pat Narduzzi needed the extension. Like, let's not, let's be real here. He really only had two more, three more true years of that extension. So the recruiting also was going to take, go up. But the question is, were you going to extend the coach who is there? If you preach continuity and preach stability in the athletic department, specifically the football program itself, and then you don't extend the guy, what are you really saying to the team? He just won the ACC championship, and he won a game that Pitt usually doesn't win. Everyone thought going into that game, oh, man, how's Pitt going to screw this one up? It's, it's the way you've been conditioned as a Pitt fan, right? Because time and time again, this has been a team that has ripped the hope right out of your heart. They didn't this year. They did a really nice job, went 11-3, finished top 15 in the AP poll. Everything went really good for them this year. This was the best season in 40 years for Pitt football. So this is 100% a big-time thing. And this is 100% something that Pitt had to get done. And if you were looking for that bump, that recruiting bump, that you were supposed to get because of this ACC championship. There was really no other option other than to extend at Narduzzi. Because again, you cannot show the commitment to the recruits if your coach is coaching on a really limited deal and he doesn't have the flexibility to do anything with it. If he only has two or three years left on his deal, who's to say... He doesn't go somewhere else or that it believes in him even. And so naturally, naturally, he had to get this extension. It made sense. It made natural sense for Pat Narduzzi to get this extension. Create stability. If you're going to create the culture and you are 100% going to cultivate that culture and buy into what Pat Narduzzi is selling. And really, when you look at the resume, what reason do you have not to buy into that culture when he has produced results this program has seen in four decades? That's the thing here. That's the thing here. 100% it was the right move. You see it in the alumni responses. Larry Fitzgerald responding. Louis Riddick. A lot of really high-end alumni ended up responding to this in very good fashion. Clearly, a guy that has built a culture that's friendly to fans, the players, and the alumni, the established alumni, the football alumni. That's always big. Pitt has a pretty lush NIL market right now as well. They have obvious sponsors too, and their guys are getting NIL deals, which in this age is huge. So the culture in Pat Narduzzi's system is phenomenal. 
And there haven't really been a lot of like head scratching transfers. The only real head scratcher was Cam Bright. Outside of that, this program has really been very stable. This program has done a really nice job of retaining players, of building them up, a true four-year, five-year program for these players, developing them, turning them into NFL players. They've done a really nice job of doing that. And so I don't know what else you would want. This season honestly had to happen in order for him to get this. Yes. Of course. But when you have two years left on your contract and you're expecting that recruiting bump, what are you going to do as an AD? Yeah, it, it made sense, obviously. Besides the obvious, the man won the ACC championship, gave Pitt football the best year in 40 years. Of course it had to happen. And so the extension naturally made sense. Through 2030, yeah, that's a long time, but he's earned it. And so, uh, you know, next I kind of want to talk a little bit about some of the arguments against it. I've, I've seen a little bit of backlash, maybe not from Pitt fans, but from people outside that. Now, you know, just explaining the rationale behind this, because I think it makes sense when you look at through the lens of what Pitt's program history has looked like overall. But first, let me let you guys know about Stat Hero, because I love and hate those buzzer beaters, the drama, but oh, the pain when you were on the other side of it in your bracket is absolutely busted. Stat Heroes NCAA single game pickums pit the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. Start focusing on the players you know best with the gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage, resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Because the Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you are going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, you also have dozens of lamps you can comb through to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to choose from, and more importantly, it is your easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown. Use the promo code lockdown for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% match. Stathero.com slash lockdown, promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to the Lockdown Pit Podcast. We continue to talk through the Pat Narduzzi extension and more importantly, the arguments for it and why it makes so much sense. And here's the thing. This season for Pat Narduzzi was the Baker break year, right? And after the Western Michigan game, there was a lot of talk about firing Pat Narduzzi. That was legitimate. Remember, folks, remember a mere six months ago, we were having serious discussions of if this guy should be fired. And so here's the thing. When you look at what Pat Narduzzi did this year, it was the long buildup. It was the long game, right? It was the game that built up time over time and continued to increase in time. The consistency of what he built was admirable. 
yes, you got frustrated at the ton of eight and five seasons. And after a while, you got to take the next step. Even for a program like Pitt, that at times was really bad, really bad. You needed a little bit more than eight and five in a bowl loss or the bowl win over Eastern Michigan. That was something that needed to showcase itself. That was something that needed to happen. And so they did it this year, 11 and three in an ACC championship. You could not expect a better season. And he proved himself. He proved the culture, the stability, everything he had instilled. The staff around him was good. And there, the, the argument against Pat Narduzzi is a very easy one. A very easy one. Right? He has a ton of five lost seasons, and it's mostly due to his own doing. The talent in Pitt's system has always been really good. They produced NFL talent. They've had Kenny Pickett for five years. Okay. The talent's been good, though. And he produced a lot of NFL talent, a lot of NFL defensive talent. The argument has been, why the heck is the guy a terrible in-game manager and he makes decisions like to kick that field goal in Happy Valley? That is one of those decisions where you're like, what were they doing, right? So that's one of those things. He's never been a good in-game manager, and he wasn't this year either. But I, I thought there were a few things I saw this year that really changed my mind on Pat Narduzzi a lot in terms of the coach he was. Yeah, not a great in-game manager. Yeah, he refuses to use a nickel package. All this stuff is dumb. We understand that. Pat Narduzzi is certainly not a, a phenomenal coach. He's certainly not the bitch coach in the NCAA. But this program has pitfalled so many times. And when they have found, and this is the other good point, and this is the other point I really want, when they have found good coaches or when they find a good coach, how long is that coach realistically going to be in Pittsburgh? Three, four years? Paul Christ, for example. Didn't even get to build the culture and build the program before he left to Wisconsin. And he's turned out to be a quite solid coach. So here, yes, you you know, you're going to get those guys and you're going to get coaches that you maybe you want. Maybe you want the rock star. You would obviously, no one's going to say no if the next Nick Saban's going to roll through Pittsburgh. Let's also take note of what Pat Narduzzi's doing here. He's been here since 2015. He stabilized the culture of this team that was in turmoil post Wanstat firing. You know, that was the last real huge successful season for Pitt, right? The Wanstat years were great. And then you had all field issues. You had clashes between Wanstat and the upper management. And then you had all this stuff that kind of collided together and caused that situation to sour very quickly. And after that, you had Haywood, you had Todd Graham, you had all this stuff. You had Paul Chris who stabilized it a little bit, but then again left for Wisconsin when they came calling. So Narduzzi is a decent enough coach. And more importantly, he's a coach that wants to be here, that has put his money and his soul into the pit program that has put his career into the pit program at this point. And now, quite frankly, showcases how much he wants to be here by extending this through. That's the thing. Pitt's getting a good coach 
and a program that has not had this type of stability and has not had a coach that is a longtime guy that wants to be here and can consistently meet expectations. And that is something that you have to admire. And that's why they extend Pat Narduzzi. Straight up. Straight up. And so here's the thing. It's this isn't even a crazy extension. It's like a three year extension, right? And you wouldn't expect a crazy bump. But this program is 100% in need of that stability and in need of that richness that Narduzzi brings in terms of culture and stability. They need that. This program needs that. And as they're starting to come up, that's what they've needed. And Pat Narduzzi has grown, I think, well. You know, the recruiting classes are getting better. He got the ACC Coastal bump. You know, he, so he wins the Coastal in 2019. In 2018, rather. And what has he turned it into? A lot of players from that bump, Jordan Addison, Israel Abaniganda, Brandon Hill, Kalaja Kansi. These names ring bells, right? And these players from that bump are some of the core players that they use to win an ACC championship with. This program won a Coastal title. Yes, they went 7-7 seven seven that year. Yeah, that was disappointing. And yes, the COVID year wasn't great. But often that COVID year stretched expectations a lot. And Kenny Pickett got hurt. And then, now you look at what happened this year. Everything is going up. They win the Coastal. They win the Coastal again. And they win the ACC. The natural progression is like this right now for Pat Narduzzi. And the stability in the recruiting rankings are going like this for Pat Narduzzi. He's continuing to crack into new areas like Texas, Buffalo, New Jersey's becoming a rich pipeline. Obviously, he has the Florida pipeline. Georgia. So you look at what he's doing. He's got the right things down. And then this year, they lose to Western Michigan. And what does he do? He shores up the weakness in his defense. And he says, hey, we are not going to get beat by that RPO glance route again. Again, the in-game management, that's an issue. It didn't get fixed in that game. That's an issue. But let's be real here. That never came up again. Never came up again. Against Miami. Okay, they get beat on the, the RPO glance routes. They get beat on the RPO now routes against Miami. They can't tackle. They have poor fundamentals. They don't communicate well. Okay. Rest of the year, made sure to instill those fundamentals, and they were good. There's a lot of good things Pat Narduzzi's done to grow as a coach. I don't think he's the same coach he was when he came in here. Coaches can grow. I think we have to understand that. Coaches can grow. And so this wasn't about, say, betting against someone. You're not going to compete with anyone on the market. You might not even give Pat Narduzzi a crazy pay raise. He might get a little bit extra cheddar. But that's because of merit. You're not betting against anyone. You're doing this for the stability of a program that hasn't had this type of stability in forever. And that's what it's about. This is what Pat Narduzzi brings. And this is what you hope continues to happen. The trajectory has consistently been upwards. The recruiting trajectory has consistently been upwards. The staff around him has consistently been quality. And so when you look at that himself improving as well, 
there's not much else you can ask for in a program that has needed stability forever. Pat Narduzzi is bringing that to the table. And that's something to really, really admire. All right, folks, let's talk a little bit, though, about Pitt basketball. Now, Pitt men's basketball, to be specific. What type of guard can they look for aside from a point guard? Now, with Ifiel Horton gone, we talked about it a little bit. But what about another combo guard? Specifically, what about Jamaru Brown from Eastern Kentucky? We'll talk about this a little bit and how they can fit the puzzle pieces. But first, let me let you know about Bet Online because after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national championship this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs and includes live betting and your favorite basic casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Back to the Locked On Pit Podcast as we are continuing to talk through this. And so here's the thing. When we look at Pit men's basketball right now, the portal has been lush, folks. And I mean it. Very lush. Everyone's getting offered in the portal. Everyone is talking to Pitt. Pitch trying to get their name into everybody's hat and they're trying to make their presence felt. And that's something to note. Because obviously, when you need a big offseason to work everything out and to 100% bring everything back, you need a big transfer portal season as well. And so far, Pitt has been digging at local kids, has been digging at the big fish. They've been doing so much in the portal. It's pretty awesome, actually, to see how active they are right now. And so here's the more important thing, I guess. It's how they fill these guard spots now, right? When you look at what Pitt is bringing to the table in terms of the guys they've targeted, obviously the targeted for us. They've targeted some bigger guys that would play at a five. They've targeted point guards, and they've targeted specifically a good deal of combo guards. Not a ton of shooting guards. They have some of those, but a lot of combo guards. And it's interesting to me because do you necessarily need another combo guard? And I think there's a lot to say. Right now, we now we don't know if they're expecting a transfer of, say, Femio Ducale. Uh, right now, it's possible they are. But the bigger question is more so going to be about, okay, so what is Pitt actually looking at in terms of what they want? They really want three combo cards. Do they want Femi? Do they want Burton? And do they want Sabandi? All combo guards, and you want a fourth now. I guess you can consider Sabandi 
more of a true shooting guard, maybe not more as a ball handler. So, okay, maybe you have maybe put three combo guards if you land one more. Can never have enough guards in this modern game of basketball, but they have to be shooters. And so their pit's been heavily connected to Jamaru Brown from Eastern Kentucky, who I find to be an interesting candidate. Because here's the thing. Has connections with Milan Brown. Has really been heavily pursued by Pitt. VCU as well. Texas A&M. He averaged 12.2 points per game. And so Jamari Brown has actually done a lot in terms of things at the NCAA level. First team Ohio Valley. He got hurt. In 2020-2021. And this year comes back and plays really well. Really well. And here's the thing. When you actually look at what he did against better teams. And we're talking major teams here. A lot of good signs. Honestly. There were good signs there. And so as he kind of caught his rhythm here. Towards the end of the year. God was on a real hot streak. A real hot streak. You know, only playing about 24 minutes per game necessarily. And he's dropping 20, 24. You know, I mean, listen, 15 of his last 16 games were in double digits. So the guy can score. There's no doubt about that. The guy can score. Now, 31% from three might not be ideal for me. But Brown is a slasher type that can work off screens well enough. And that is something... To look at. But that three-point percentage has not improved over his career. It's 33% to 31 to 31. Now, he's averaging more points per game in 2022, 2021. And he ended off on a hot streak. And he clearly has good athleticism and good hops. But do does Pitt really need a player like this? I don't know if they do. Unless Femio Ducali is transferred. Again, that's the only thing I keep coming back to when I'm talking about combo guard fits. Because Pitt doesn't really need a combo guard that bad. If Femi is there, they have essentially three combo guards, and maybe you can consider Sabani more of a shooting guard that can create, but he's really a combo guard in a lot of ways. So you don't really need someone like that. And that's the biggest thing here. So I'm not really sure what they're trying to do necessarily all here. I think it's certainly questionable what they're trying to do. I think it's certainly something to look at and in develop their strategy. Yes, you can never have enough guards, but the guards you need if you're pit this year are guys that can either one run like a, like run like a quarterback and be that type of, of player, or they can spread it out and shoot the three. So that's what you need. You need to be looking for shooters. You need to be looking for guys that can space the floor. You need to be looking for guys that can penetrate and kick. You need to be looking for quarterbacks that can work off screen, that can create their shot, stuff like that. And Brown can create his own shot, which is something maybe that they're desiring in him. But another combo guard to me doesn't make sense, and they've gone with a lot of combo guards, with a lot of combo guards to where it's very questioning to me about what the strategy is with that. I'm not quite sure what their thinking is behind that. Not that Brown's a bad player, but again, I'm not sure Pitt needs another combo guard to add when they could add a shooter 
and maybe more of a point guard and more bigs into that rotation. But we'll see how it, this all develops and how it all encompasses and everything as the portal continues to develop. And even more names could add over a thousand names now in the NCAA transfer portal. All right, folks, we will be back here tomorrow talking a little bit about Pitt's new transfer edition, Tyler Wilkes, the Missouri State transfer. We will talk about him, of course, and what he adds to the Pitt linebacking course. So it's all coming up tomorrow on Lock the Pit. Folks, as always, thanks for listening. And as always, hail to Pitt.